Hey everyone, welcome back to the Blockchain Podcast. It's been a little bit of time since I've made one of these, mostly because the crypto space hasn't been particularly interesting, but it looks like it uh, might be getting a little bit interesting uh, again. So hopefully I'll start to making some more content, uh, some commentary. Uh, as always, if you haven't uh, checked it out, uh, go to uh, blockchain.co, check out the website if you haven't seen it before. Haven't updated a lot of information, but the podcast will be posted there potentially with some notes on things that I talk about. You can follow on Twitter um, as well. Don't think I'm going to be doing anything uh, with YouTube. I just, I just always, you know, don't have the time, but you can like on Facebook as well. So the platforms are basically Facebook, Twitter, uh, blockchain.co uh, for the website and then uh, SoundCloud as well. Uh, you can follow there or you can just go to the website and check out the latest. Also, uh, we're on uh, uh, iTunes as well, so you can just uh, download the podcast there too and that'll post automatically. So all that said, uh, all that housekeeping out of the way, I'm gonna talk a little bit about late 2018. I had some previous podcasts discussing you know, what was going on with layoffs and kind of the big you know, kind of downturn in the market. And I, and, you know, I haven't made much content or really any content posted a bit on Twitter about uh, some thoughts in uh, the first part of 2019 Q1, but really hadn't been that interesting. It's been kind of a moseying on sideways, uh, people kind of resettling after the big crash, if you will, and uh, trying to kind of find their footing. And I think people have, I think companies have, I think they've found their footing. I think they've switched up management where it needs to be the case. They've laid off folks, they've reduced costs. And so I think the restructuring has taken place. I don't think there's a lot of liquidation of assets on the horizon at this point. And I think we're kind of, you know, in a recovery period based on what's happened over the last few days. So over the last few days, if uh, you've been keeping track, uh, there was a huge spike in uh, crypto volume and crypto prices overall, and especially Bitcoin, which kind of led the way. Uh, and then Bitcoin Cash even had a huge um, uh, increase as far as percentage goes, and uh, a lot of other coins as well. So that was kind of a big, uh, I suppose, wake up or maybe inflection point in this new kind of era. People had been, you know, kind of lamenting the bear market that has so far been the or had been. If it, if it is in fact over, had been the longest uh, Bitcoin bear market uh, in its history. So it seems that we may be past that. And my feeling and my opinion on that is I do think we have hit a turning point. And so I do think that we will be moving sideways or up um, from here on out, again, in a choppy fashion, just like with any other market. But I am overall very positive about the outlook at this point. And I don't think my previous, you know, kind of uh, potential numbers uh, of 2500 for Bitcoin um, or lower it's going to happen at this point anymore. I kind of was looking at those marks when it was in the 3000s to see, you know, are we coming down another level? And it looks like we're not going to take that uh, next level down. I, I, I could be wrong, of course, but uh, it doesn't look like that's the case at this point, especially with the recent action and kind of just how things have been maturing in the overall market as far as people, as far as funds, as far as, you know, just all of the regulatory stuff and things going on in the broader market. And just also the sentiment, too, looking at kind of how people feel about the situation um, is a bit different than it was. So all in all, I think uh, we've hit an inflection point. So. With that said, uh, I'll kind of jump into some of the projects that I've been looking at closely. Now, the cool thing about this particular era or this particular uh, time frame is that we're not on our huge, you know, overhyped highs of early uh, 2018, where we saw Bitcoin at 20,000 and just, you know, shit coins just way up and everything 
just being really manic. Uh, right now it's a lot more subdued, which is good. Um, there are a handful of projects that I think are uh, significantly undervalued relative to you know, their management team, their network size, and kind of their plans and so forth. And of course, I haven't gone through every single coin, but I, I am pretty aware of uh, what's going on in the space holistically. And I think we're, I guess, like I said, jumping into the next uh, kind of iteration or, or uh, era time frame for uh, growth and uh, kind of discovery here. So Bitcoin, I'll talk about that a little bit first. Uh, not too much has happened uh, with Bitcoin from what I can tell. Uh, Lightning Network is still kind of, you know, being developed in different ways. It's being implemented in different ways. It's still uh, supposedly going to be the next best thing since uh, sliced bread as far as Bitcoin goes. It's going to enable these, you know, cheap, fast transactions, but it hasn't reached any sort of widespread adoption. I, I still think we have a couple more years before we see that. But uh, while we get there, we may end up running into a fee problem again because the Bitcoin network is pretty congested again. Um, it can't take on too many more transactions. And if the price goes up and the mania happens again, and or even if mania doesn't happen and we just keep on growing, you know, we're going to probably run into a block size issue uh, before we get Lightning in implemented on a on a wide widespread scale. So that could be bullish for alternative coins like Litecoin or Bitcoin Cash or or the like. But uh, keep that in mind as we kind of progress a little bit, uh, depending on how things shake out over the next year or two. Uh, and then we'll also in the next, I think, couple years, sometime within that time frame, we'll have a Bitcoin halving, which will um, overall reduce the block reward fees and all these other things. But I don't want to talk about that too much. That uh, shouldn't be too too big of a deal when it comes to uh, lightning adoption and things of that nature. So that's kind of the big thing for Bitcoin is lightning, but it is gaining acceptance. There are financial instruments, you know, like futures and all these other things. And those have been in play for a bit of time now. But overall... I'm uh, pretty bullish on Bitcoin going forward as kind of this this uh, standard for crypto or this gold or this store of value or whatever you want to call it. It's kind of the, the king at this point and continues to be. Now, could that change at some point? It definitely could change, but there is something to be said about the brand recognition, the network effect, the contributions, the simplicity of what it's trying to do. You know, it's it's there's a lot of things that are going on. And at some point I'll post uh, or publish my thoughts on how these cryptos or, or parameters for these cryptos um, that, that influence value. It's something that a lot of people haven't been able to figure out. Some people use like Metcalf's law um, and the network effect sort of stuff. But uh, I think Bitcoin has a lot of um, aspects that make it uh, valuable, obviously. And a lot of other people seem to be agreeing with that at this point. So not too much on Bitcoin at this point, but, you know, stuff's going on. Uh, EOS is actually um, probably the coin that I'm most looking forward to as far as what uh, new projects come out of it. So Block One is the creator of EOS, uh, and Dan Larimer is also the uh, creator of several blockchains and also one of the key folks at Block One, I think chief technology officer or something to that effect. And they're talking about releasing a big project in June, June 1st, I believe. I think that's when the um, blockchain uh, funding period or the ICO period for EOS started, and that's also... When it ended after a year of raising money, they raised billions, I believe, or at least a billion. Um, I think it was billions at the end of the day. So they have a lot of cash, Block One does, and they've been working on you know, uh, this big project they will unveil June. 
in June, and they also indicate that they're going to push a huge marketing campaign. So there's a lot of speculation about what that might be. It might be some sort of fancy wallet. It might be some sort of social network, but it's possible that EOS, uh, like Ethereum, Ethereum previously is what fueled the uh, mania, um, uh, this last bubble, if you will, with ICOs and new projects and uh, things of that nature. And uh, EOS with uh, some sort of real... Um, um, highly scalable, widely available, um, broad sort of product may feel something else. I don't know if I'd call it the next uh, mania phase, but uh, it has the potential to uh, have a big impact on the market if it's something extremely cool. And the other thing, like I said, is they have a lot of money to push things um, uh, as far as marketing goes. So I'm looking forward to that in June, which is coming up in not too long from now. Uh, other coins that have been, you know, particularly interesting in this first quarter have been Litecoin. Um, haven't haven't delved too much into it. They indicated that they're going to add some privacy aspects to it, which uh, I think initially gave it a little bit of a boost uh, a month, two or three ago. Uh, but now it's kind of gotten its own um, wind for some reason. It, it may be the Asian markets. It may be um, other factors, but it's, you know, it's been rallying. It's been leading the pack before this uh uh, rally a few days ago and so it's kind of interesting something I may look further into but um, I don't have a big feel on Litecoin um, Litecoin is always seemed to be like a follower sort of coin to Bitcoin um, it was always pitched as uh, Bitcoin silver or if Bitcoin was gold uh, Litecoin was the silver which you know fine that's good marketing it's been around for quite a while it's it's respected um, and it's kind of in the category that I, I feel is is like Bitcoin Cash in a way. I mean, Litecoin is more similar to Bitcoin than Bitcoin Cash, I suppose. Uh, that's that's debatable, but I, I put it in that kind of secondary um, uh, crypt, cryptocurrency category, if you will. So something to kind of look for, maybe something for me to dig a little bit deeper into as to why there's uh, as much momentum as there is, but interesting nonetheless. Um, other coins that I'm uh, interested in at this point is uh, Cardano or a ADA is their currency for that. And so Cardano sometimes gets a, um, a bad rap, but it's actually a very well run project. Um, uh, Charles Hoskinson, I think is his name, is a very sharp guy. He, he's been around this industry uh, for a long time. I think he was a co-creator, co-founder or someone early on in the uh, Ethereum. Um, but very sharp guy. He's actually a very smart guy. Um, I don't know why people don't talk about Cardano more, maybe because they haven't deployed all the components of their blockchain, but that hasn't stopped people from talking uh, about other projects that uh, um, hadn't fully deployed their network yet or their or their code. Uh, and uh, it holds a lot of value. I mean, it's a it's what I would call a blue chip sort of a project, and I, I think deservingly so. They have a lot of publications about the... Um, their uh, protocols about their implementations, you know, peer reviewed, scientific, which, you know, previously I would have said, you know, are you moving too slow because of this peer review process? But at the same time, you know, it does build a level of trust and it does build a network um, that potentially a network that uh, is very resilient. And uh, overall, I think it's it has staying power. And I say that, again, from a management respect point of view, a management trust point of view. I trust in the technical you know, development process and also the technology behind it that we've seen so far. And also I, I have confidence in the ability and the understanding of you know, Charles and the crew to understand how to market a project, how to grow enterprise customers, 
things of that nature. So I actually am very bullish on uh, 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 Cardano at this point, but I'm not sure if it's overvalued. It's its value's been pretty high up there. Um, if it does catch on significantly and ends up say quote unquote replacing Ethereum, its market cap can obviously increase a lot, and it could be integrated in a lot of different systems. But currently, given that it's not really a fully deployed project, um, it might be a little bit rich. But you know, EOS was pretty rich too, and it was also found you know based on the credentials of the team behind it. So it, it may be fair valued for where it is with the upside potential. Uh, a couple projects that. Um, I'm also looking into closely, and, and these are going to be kind of wild card. And I, I often don't like to talk about uh, some of these smaller projects, but I think it's important for people to understand that, you know, there are other projects in the mix that, uh, you know, have merit in different ways. And two of them, or one of them that I have liked for quite a while, and it's mostly based on their management team, and, and there's some other venture capital folks who are also very uh, bullish on it, which is Horizon, which was formerly called Zencash. And uh, their Zen is Zen is their currency, and it's just a well-managed project. Um, it's not necessarily doing anything crazy novel compared to other projects like Zcash or um, Dash or these others. But it, it is a it is a sound management process. It is a sound project, from what I can tell. As far as technically, they are uh, understanding of the importance of technical innovation and marketing innovation and network growth. Uh, so they do seem to be a very well-run project with a very low market cap of only uh, on the order of 45 50 million ish which to me is cheap based on you know any sort of metrics even if it's a software sort of SaaS company um, you could argue that they don't have a t big customer base but you know uh, venture or startup companies often have valuations way greater than you know 45 million uh, 50 million and so I do think they have real uh, product they do have real awareness they really do have real legs um, uh, and those are all growing. So if it can find a position, you know, in the uh, kind of privacy sort of network uh, or privacy currencies, then, you know, I could see a 10x uh, increase. I could see a 100x increase if it really caught on, you know, five, 10 years from now. Now, I'm not saying that would happen. It can easily go to zero and be worthless just like anything else. And that's not a financial advice in any way. But I do respect the folks behind the project. And I do think they have a sound understanding of what's going on. And they do communicate that well and run themselves professionally. Uh, the other one that, uh, you know, I don't really like, I don't like these projects too much from a from a management point of view. I think they are actually poorly managed. And maybe I'll catch some heat for being negative. But, you know, it's crypto land and you can say all sorts of shit. Um, but I... I, I I like, in some ways, Saya and Tezos, but I dislike their management process and I, or their, their management um, team in certain aspects. And I'll focus on one first. I, I, let's focus on uh, Saya. So Saya has a long history, and maybe I'll make a podcast about it at some point, but uh, they've gone through a lot of different things. They've, they launched a mining company to make specific ASICs called Obelisk. They had a whole fiasco. I think I had some other podcasts. If you listen to some of the other ones that briefly talked about Saya, I think it might even have, you know, Saya in the name. Maybe, maybe not. But check 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 out the other podcasts if, uh, if I do. But, you know, they basically uh, launched a company uh, that made ASICs. You know, other people beat them to the ASICs. Um, they had kind of this kill switch built into their chip that, you know, they could switch it. Uh, on if uh, they needed to to kill all the other ASICs on the network and they ended up using that if they hadn't they may have gone bankrupt in my opinion uh, they they just 
I think we're in financial straits, but they ended up changing it uh, over and I, you know, basically dominating the network. Their hardware became very profitable. Their people became happy that bought the hardware because they're not suing them anymore. And so everything became hunky-dory. Um, I think they got back to, you know, kind of, you know, a, a stable footing, if you will. But that kind of was a big hit to confidence in a lot of different ways. It drove down the value of uh, the project from, you know, the peak in uh, the mania of several billion all the way down to somewhere on the order of 100 million. So it really took a hit. But in reality, it's really the only decentralized, you know, crypto sort of uh, crypto or I should say blockchain uh, centric uh, decentralized storage kind of project that's deployed, that's operating. You could argue that, you know, storage is a competitor. You might argue that made safe is. I don't think so, but you could argue storage. But storage doesn't have its own network. It's a token. They're kind of revamping their whole process. I think it's centralized. I mean, it is centralized to a good degree. It, it's kind of a weird model. I, I still have to, you know, revisit storage again once they get all their ducks in order and, and uh, kind of be more clear about their economic model, which I don't completely buy into with their token. Anyway, there's there's a lot of things going on with storage. And Filecoin hasn't launched. They had their ICO or whatever. And who the hell knows what's going on there for real. Um, but they're they're not around. So SIA really is the only decentralized storage sort of platform that I think has legs, that has a, you know, a network of ASICs for security, even though the mining pools might be centralized a bit. Hint, hint, might want to change that at some point. But they have a hardware investment by people. They have, you know, storage um, that people are providing in different places. They don't have a ton of storage on the network, but I think what they need to do is get their technology in order and then, you know, uh, make some uh, cool apps on top of that. There's a there's a project called Goobox, which is kind of like a Dropbox that uses it. And so if those things can catch on, you could actually see quite a bit of momentum on the back end with people, you know, ubiquitously using ubiqu- ubiquitously using SIA back end storage. Um, with kind of this front-end polished Dropbox sort of interface or box sort of interface, or like Goobox. So the technical aspects are sound. I don't think their marketing is particularly strong. I think the team is technically uh, pretty smart when it comes to technology and even mining and hardware and things. They are they are, seem to be pretty smart, but I think they came across as a bit arrogant um, with their trying to launch another project, uh, the Obelisk mining sort of project. And I think they're they're young, you know. I you know I always hated when people said that uh, about me uh, with the different companies I've had and have, but uh, they are young. They're a young crew, and so they they're going to learn and they're going to go through different things that other more uh, seasoned people have probably already gone through. But I think they've gone through some tough times and they've seemed to have uh, uh, weathered that. So uh, respect to them. And they also just recently launched um, uh, one a new update version 1.4, I think called Draco, uh, which seems to be a pretty big polish on top of what they had. So I'm, I'm happy to see that. But overall, I would say, uh, you know, kind of the only one kind of doing this really, um, for real. They have, you know, all the other network aspects that I talked about. They just need to dial in the technology, get adoption. And I think they could move back up into the multi-billion dollar market cap at some point which would be, you know, a 10, 20, 30x sort of increase from where they are now. So I think that's a undervalued project given that they got their footing back underneath them. And so, you know, something that I'm interested in at this point. Um, if you asked me six months ago, I would have said, you know, stay away from this thing. This thing's going into the ground. But uh, things can change in six months in crypto land. Uh, the other project, and probably the last one I'll talk about on this project, and uh, I'll make another podcast hopefully later on about some other projects that I've been kind of looking at and I'm interested in. But uh, for the time being, the last one is uh, Tezos. So 
Tezos also has a bit of a story with how they raised their money, their ICO um, during the craze. I think they raised somewhere on the order of 200 something million ish. They had a whole fiasco with the foundation they set up on all sorts of stuff. And they did end up deploying the technology and Tezos is operating and running, but a very small network, low usage. It uh, doesn't seem like there's a lot of projects building on top of it. And it seems as though the team has been focusing a lot on technical innovations or technical work on the back end um, versus, you know, any sort of marketing, publicity, you know, um, things like that or people using their network. And to me, I see the project as very similar to Cardano, um, but run very poorly in comparison. In my humble opinion, I think the management is uh, Arthur and uh, Kathleen, I think, Brightman. You know, a husband and wife are the, you know, the founders. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but they're very technical folks. And I don't think that, um, I'm not sure that they have the chops and I'm not sure that the, the foundation that they've set up behind it have the prowess to tackle the marketing and the enterprise level sort of uh, collaborations and and uh, partnerships and things like that. I'm just not sure that they have that capability. And so far, it doesn't seem like they do. And so I think that's going to be very important. And I think Cardano is probably going to uh, eat their lunch when it comes time to kind of compete on that front. So that's kind of my take. If I had to uh, bet on one versus the other, I would bet on Cardano. But there's also the opportunity for Tezos to make some run um, on market cap just because they're so much lower than where they their high mark was. I think they're on the order of 600 million-ish market cap now, and Cardano's a couple billion or so, so they have room to run. And I think even at some point, uh, at one point, um, uh, Tezos and pre-launch sort of uh, dollars got pretty high. So it, it could move quite a bit higher, uh, potentially up to 10 times higher if it reached its previous high mark. But again, I think they have direct com competition with Cardano and uh, if I had to bet between the two, I'd bet uh, Cardano. If I wanted to manage my risk or, you know, split my risk, I might split the split it between the two. But that's kind of my thoughts there. So we'll see how, how it develops. And, uh, of course, if something's down and out, it can be a good time to buy. And that's where I think Tezos is right now. They're down. They, ha they had a big win with Coinbase where Coinbase is now uh, providing custody services and staking services with Tezos. But not a lot of exchanges that you can buy Tezos on. There's was the whole KYC fiasco. I won't talk about that um, after launch or, you know, after the fundraising and so forth. So there were a lot of things with this project that just screamed, you know, poor management. And if they can get that together, I do think, though, that their, their technology seems to be reasonably sound. I haven't seen any major glaring issues. I do think that that is the, probably their strong suit. But in this competitive market, I'm not sure that it's enough. So... Those are my thoughts on Tezos. Um, I do have positions, um, just full disclosure and everything um, I'm talking about here, all the all the uh, projects. Um, so take that uh, as you will. And I think for the next uh, podcast, I'll try and identify some other projects and, and discuss a bit about um, uh, the different kind of categories because there's a lot of different categories that are emerging too in the sense of utility tokens you know and um, different uh, platform sort of things and then there's things or i should say uh, tokens or projects that are derivatives of these obviously uh, and i think eos is one that has you know different projects being built on top of it obviously ethereum does as well and just kind of looking a little bit deeper at some of those is something that i'll probably start doing over the next few months call that the uh you know second order projects where you, know, you have your first layer sort of platform sort of stuff, and then you have these things coming off of it. And I don't know how that'll exactly shake off at the end, of the, shake out at the end of the day. 
but something I'm uh, interested in looking into. And then the other thing is uh, non-fungible tokens and security tokens. Those seem to be um, kind of interesting places to start looking for um, interesting opportunities or new ideas. But overall, we are in this maturing state, in my opinion, where over the next five years, there's a handful of these projects that are really going to make some headway. And those are really the ones that I'm trying to identify. And I'm trying to identify the ones that are also undervalued um, in, over the next five years as well. And then we'll kind of take a look at things and see you know, where things set and then kind of rebalance. But uh, yeah, so those are my thoughts after this big rally. Um, I do think there's some interesting stuff ahead. And uh, hopefully I can have some more time to create content. But as always, you know, check out the website, blockchain.co, share this information. Um, if there's particular types of information that you want to hear, you know, let me know in some of the channels. Uh, you can like on Facebook, follow on Twitter, and yeah, that should cover the bases. So with that said, I will see you next time on the Blockchain Podcast.